Hello and welcome to the Basketball Champions League Coast to Coast podcast with you from Regensburg, Germany. I'm David Hine and back with me is my partner in crime, Igor Jerkovic. Igor, how you doing? I'm doing fine in the middle of the road. So basically, if you hear background noise, I'm to blame. Yeah, yeah. Um, lots of uh, fun stuff to talk about this week. Uh, let, let's let's uh, just give a quick rundown. Uh, we have our first ticket punched to the final eight as Nizhny Novgorod remained undefeated in the playoffs. Uh, there was the crazy game between Halon and Kashiaka. Bomberg, uh, making me eat some humble pie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ike losing twice within three days. And then we had some history in Tenerife. So, um, and also interview of the week. Speaking of Tenerife is, uh, with Sasu Salin, uh, the sniper from Finland playing for, uh, choose Vedereta. Um, let's, let's start off right away with, uh, standout performances. Uh, Casey Shepard, uh, did it not just once, but twice. Uh, 32 points, uh, eight of nine three pointers, uh, to go with two rebounds, five assists against Turk Telecom Ankara, and then, um, against Ike, 17 points, five rebounds, eight assists, two steals. CJ Harris, uh, Halone's win over Kashiaka, 21 points, four threes with, th- with three assists. Uh, Michel, uh, Vitali Bamberg's win over Saragossa, 23 points. Perfect shooting, eight of eight, six of six on threes, plus four rebounds. Bonzi Colson, uh, Strasburg's win over Ike, eighteen points, nine rebounds, and then Georgie Shamadini, um, uh, Tenerife's win over Ego Kea, twenty-one points, six of eight from the field, nine of nine from the free throw line, three rebounds, plus two blocks. We usually uh, ask now here in this part, uh, anybody you think deserves recognition. I don't think I have anybody actually. Yeah. <laughs> the, three, three of those five guys that you just mentioned are gonna be in the top five of the MVP race. So basically, I don't. That, that's hard to argue with. I mean, they've they've been putting up great numbers all season long. I'm not gonna say which three guys, but you can only assume. Yeah, and I mean, uh, nobody else. You know, really stood out uh, over those. I mean, may no, I'm not even gonna. I'm not. I'm not gonna do it. So, um, <laughs> let's 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 jump right into the action. Then um, we we started with. Uh, we'll start with Group I. Uh, Kashiaka losing at home, 77, uh, 76 uh, to uh, Hapol Unet Credit uh, Halone and uh, Brindisi Happy Copy Happy Casa Brindisi. Uh, winning uh, at Tofas Bursa, 91-72, eliminating Tofas at 0-4, Brindisi 3-1, Halone 3-1, Kashiaka 2-2. I have a feeling I know where you're going to go, but I'll let you start. I mean, this is just a crazy group. And it's amazing that um, Tofas were so good that they eliminated Dijon. And then went on to be the first team eliminated from the playoffs at all and four. And at the same time, the craziness of the game, Karciaka against Holon has just turned it into an instant classic. I mean, it, it was a bit heartbreaking to see the game decided by that kind of a call on a last second play, but it was the right call because that's the new rules. So you cannot step over the line. And we had the same thing even uh, in a bit more dramatic fashion back in 2019 at the under-16s when Serbia played against Spain in the quarterfinals. 
So when it's kids, <laughs> you know, it's that much difficult, more difficult. But this time around, I mean, Sammy Hirden was the most experienced player out there and mm-hmm. he stepped on the line and then there's nothing you can do. Yeah, the the refs, you know, they they give that warning every time. Um, yeah, it, it's it's a tough call. It's the right call. Uh, but as I say all the time, uh, nobody can blame the ref for for that call for losing that game. You're Kashiaka, you know, you shoot 40 percent uh, f- from the field, shoot forty three percent. You went twenty six yeah. of thirty five on free throws. Make twenty nine of thirty five free yeah. throws. You you didn't lose the game on that call, so uh, yeah, exactly. heartbreaking. And I I hope for them. Um, this is not for Halone, uh, against anything against Halone and, and Brindisi, but I hope that call didn't cost them the final eight. It very well may have. <laughs> um, but or you know what? It's gonna be close. It's gonna it is gonna be close. It is gonna be close. Um, I I don't really have anything uh with the Brindisi game. Uh, I don't know if you have anything. I mean, it's just amazing that everybody thought Brindisi were gonna be a horrible team now mm. that yeah. D'Angelo Harrison is uh, injured. I mean, and they turned out to be not just not horrible. They're an excellent team. And Josh Bostick has been a great addition for them. And just the depth that they have now, any one of these guys can win the game by himself. Perkins or Thompson or Bell. Or Bell, or yeah. Or Bostick. Yep. Yeah. All of them, all of them. Willis, I mean, Gasparo, anybody can step up and hit a big shot and win the game. Just go and ignite and finish it off. I mean, I think that Bell played less minutes than he scored points or something like that. Or it was like 17 minutes, 16 points. That just tells you the, the way that their coach, that whoever is hot, he gets the ball and he does the damage. No matter how long it is, that's that's how it goes with Brindisi. Um, group J, let's move over to Group J, and that is... Uh... Lenovo Tenerife winning at home 80 to 75 against Igokea. The fight, um, 31, uh, a three and one is Tenerife now and, uh, one and two Igokea. And then we had our second team eliminated. That was Feferiga at 0 and 4 after a 67 45 loss at home to Burgos, who are now three and 0. Uh, I'll, I'll let you start. Just this win by Burgos was. It had everything about being a champion because they had only seven professionals, as they call them, uh, available. They were without Cook, Benite, Kravic, Horton, uh, Salvo. Basically, they're starting five. <laughs> and they've managed to bounce back and win a game by defending on elite level. And I'm I'm guessing that Coach Peñaroya will be extremely happy with this one. I, I would say that. Um, I'm going to go with, I have a lot of this. I have a lot on this one for later, but I'll, I'll, I'll say the biggest thing is, you know, Riga, they couldn't hit water if they fell out of a boat in this game. (laughs) (laughs) Um, the other game, um, you know, what impressed me was that Ikea took the punch and made it, you know, still was close, you know, I mean, uh, it was, um, and and also, you know, to think that that Tenerife was able to win this game w- with turning the ball over 20, uh, 20 times, 
Um, but then you look at uh, Iga and they only shot 41%. So, I mean, um, that's really... Yeah, I mean, that, that's just the best description of what Iga does uh, all season long. <laughs> yeah. A tough, resilient team. They make you lose the ball, turn the ball over a bunch of times. And at the same time, they really aren't that good of offensive team. They you depend on Clemens or Atic, who are streaky shooters at best. Mm-hmm. So basically, their way of staying in games is by defending. And if they can add on a couple of triples by Clemens or Gray or Atic or Yoshilo or whoever, that's just a bonus. But they want to win the games by defense, and they were close in this one. So I guess this is just the strength of Tenerife that we're talking about. You you cannot defeat Tenerife by just playing your best game. You have to be at your absolute best beat them, especially in Tenerife. Okay. And then also, you know, we have to congratulate uh, head coach uh, Chus Vedereta uh, on his 50th victory in the BCL, the first uh, coach to get there. Um, obviously, everything that that club has done uh, in this competition. Um, let's move to Group K, which, man, talk about fun. Uh, uh, so Nizni starts off the week with knocking off uh, Turk Telecom at home, anchor at home, 96-82 to move to 3-0. and Turk Telecom drops to 1-3. and Strasbourg um, wins their first game to stay alive, 91-73 uh, against Ike. Uh, two and one for Ike. Ike then goes to Russia, uh, have to face Nizhny Novgorod on a roll. Um, two days later, the travel in between and lose 88 60 uh, to fall to two and two. Nizhny then obviously booking their ticket to the uh, to the final eight. Uh, three games. Uh, I'll let you start. Um, this is going to look like. Nizhny had the benefit of a schedule or something, but it's not true, really. Yeah, I mean, exactly. whenever you play Ike and Turk Telecom and Strasbourg, those are three extremely tough European teams. No matter who is wearing their shirts, they just have um, the kind of the kind of you know like reputation of being a big time club. And Nizhny at the same time have to build that kind of a reputation once again. And I'm not really surprised that they went went on to advance to the final eight because if you remember like a couple of weeks or months ago when we did one of the podcasts, I mentioned that they were having their biggest win streak since 2013 when they reached the finals of the VTB League and basically booked the ticket to EuroLeague. So this is a familiar territory for Coach Zoran Lukic and his guys. Uh, it's... It's fantastic. Uh, I, I, it, I think the, 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 the life of this competition in the Basketball Champions League, we've seen a couple of developments. You know, you see smallerish clubs, whatever. We see clubs, uh, big clubs from smaller countries. Let's put it like that. Nimbrooks yes. and stuff like that develop also, um, um, uh, you know, the Spanish teams, Tenerife, Burgos. Um, and, and then I think, I think we kind of need to say Nizhny as well. Um, they, you know, they, they took their lumps. They had their heartbreak, um, a couple of times and, um, and, and, and also using local guys, very nimbricus, very nimbricus. Yeah, Um, Yeah, you were talking about it on one of, one of the podcasts when Shepard had like 
20 points and the rest of the scorers were all Russian guys. Exactly. And and they're Russian national team guys. You know, I mean they're exactly. they're and another thing is um a lot of those guys um actually a few uh, quite a few of those guys were actually in CSK Moscow system and this yeah. sort of begs the 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 concept of you know, Nizhny recognizes that and says, hey, guys, come on over to us. You'll be able to play. You know, you might have been, uh, you know, OK. I mean, yes. uh, Lucas was at at Mas at Seska, So he kind of uh, uh, kind of, you know, he knew yeah. them a little bit. Uh, but still to, to get them to come to you uh, to speak Russian. Um, and then to, to get them to play. And, and so, I mean, you know, we, I, I said, uh, we said last week with you, you know, you weren't on the show last week. We had uh, Deacon on there and I said, Lukic, uh, we had Demi, Demetrius, um, on the show. And, and I said, Lukic is without a doubt coach of the year. Um, and, uh, so yeah, we've been, we've been praising it a lot. Um, any, um, I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Zoran Lukic. I have been since day one, but not still sold on him being the coach of the year because it would kind of undermine what other people are doing. And, and just look at, look at Peñaroya and Vidoreta. Just the fact that we're used to Burgos and Tenerife winning doesn't make them any still, less but of Spanish, a coach Still Spanish Luis. clubs and uh, and there's the fact that it's a Spanish club, there's that much more. Yeah. And, and the, the teams that Nizhny is, is knocking off, uh, I, exactly. I think. Yeah. And, and, and also not having big names. I mean, you look at Burgos, you know, they, they take away the, uh, Salash. Uh, what would Salash yeah. be able to yeah. do at, at Nizhny? You know? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, but still you cannot, you cannot like just throw out of the equation a coach that won eight games in a row right now in the competition with Peñarroya. You cannot throw away coach Vitucci and Brindisi and whatever they're doing. I mean, I'd say that Lukic is a strong favorite, but I'm going to still keep it like I'll give him 60% if of the I, chance. If I, was voting right, if I was voting right now, if I had to vote right now, I would vote for Lukic. It, it, okay, yeah. That's, that's yeah, probably. So. Probably. Um. One one note I had from the Turk Telecom the the Nizhny game Kyle Wilcher um, almost a no show I mean five points yeah. um, one of five shooting um, one of five shooting one of uh, four from three point range five points twenty seven minutes uh, just a complete non factor uh, that kind of uh, kind of uh, kind of uh, got me wondering a little bit uh, Nizhny. You know, just never let their telecom into that game. And uh, Ike tried to give him a punch at the beginning. And then Nizney's like, okay, well, we'll just try to hit some threes. And then they just steamrolled them with their threes. I mean, I have to imagine that Ike was a little tired, you know, besides the fact that they, you know, have so many guys not there. Um, anything else in this group? I know we haven't talked much about the Strasbourg game, uh, but yes, the, any other notes? The craziest, the craziest part is that Strasbourg were 0-3. And are still alive in the fight for the playoffs now that Nizhny advanced and it's going to be a three-way fight between Strasbourg, Turk Telecom and Ajax. At this moment, the way it's looking, I'm not sure Strasbourg can make it, but it's just <laughs> this, this, this trio is going to be extremely hard to call. Yeah, um, more for me on that in, in, in overtime. Um, <laughs> I imagine. <laughs> so let's go to the last game. Uh, Group L, Bomberg, Rosa Bomberg, um, just, uh, I don't know, going crazy. <laughs> <you> start. <laughs> going crazy. Um, 
that's me eating my humble pie, man. Uh, 117, uh, 76, Saragossa, 41 point victory. One and two, uh, for Bomberg, two and one for Saragossa. Um, this was kind of Bumberg doing Bumberg's thing, like, you know, but on a totally different level where they just kind of just pull away, pull away, pull away. And it was just even more and more, uh, 21 threes, um, six guys in double figures, um, probably more than anything else that, that really surprised me. Um, or that, um, if you're a Bumberg fan that you really have to be happy about, was Siobhan Thompson in this game? Um, yes. You know, 17 points, eight of nine uh, from the field, nine uh, rebounds after really being almost have to be, ah, is this a bust or not? Was this a smart signing? And it's not like he was going against nobody's, you know, Linuson is a big guy. Okay. He, uh, Thompson has size um, against guys like uh, Wiley and, and Harris. Um, but you know, he, he was, he was very, very, very good. And, um, and so you have to be, if you're, like I said, if you're a Bomberg fan, you really have to be, uh, happy, uh, about his performance on that. I mean, he had like back to back possessions early in the game where, where he posted up Klinason and then he posted up Harris, which is like completely two different defenders. Klinason is a huge, strong guy. And Harris is a bit more, he's like a small ball five that can get really into you, really physical. And Thompson just finished around them like there was nobody there. Like um, that, that's just that's the kind of Thompson that we used to see in Ostend, and maybe it could be the Thompson that takes Bamberg to um, probably even to the final eight. We'll see. They have work to do to get there. Exactly. Let's move to overtime. Okay. Okay. Stat of the week. I'll let you start. Uh, six. Uh, I already had this one. Uh, six of six was Michele Vitali from Beyond the Arc, and that ties the BCL all-time record for most trees without a miss. It also happened this season once more when Jonathan Barreiro hit it for Zaragoza, <laughs> which is kind of <laughs> incidental because he was now on the receiving end, and when he did hit six three-pointers, it happened against an Italian team, and now an Italian guy did it to him. I have 18.8. That's the shooting percentage percentage for Fevriga. (laughs) Like I said, they couldn't hit water if they fell out of the boat. Uh, First team to make less than 20% of their field goals, 13 of 69. They scored four points in the fourth quarter. The fewest by a team this season in the fourth quarter and the fewest ever in the BCL by a home team in the fourth quarter. So 18.8%. Overreaction. Um, you know, man, they're two and two and the other two teams in that group uh, are one and two. Uh, I'm going to, I'm really, I, I'm really worried that Ike might not, might, might not get this. Um, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I didn't even pick Ike to, to advance, but I'm not sure on that, but you, 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 um, you mentioned the point differential, you know, they are now nine down against Strasbourg. They had a nine point win and now an 18 point loss, yeah. uh, to Strasbourg. They do have a nine point win over Turk Telecom, but they have loads of injuries. Um, yes. and so, this is gonna be not not <laughs> easy. Um, so I, I, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna say they're not gonna make it uh, because of their their their, their point differential. 
I mean, that, that's the thing. Like, I don't think it, it can be considered overreaction anymore. It's just a reaction now because the way they looked in their last two games, Turk Telecom have. But they still have destiny in their own hands. Exactly, but still, like Turk so. Telecom have to feel good about themselves because I like, are losing big time, and Turk Telecoms have have a game at home against them and a chance to punch their ticket. Yeah. Uh, for me, the overreaction is that Zaragoza could not make it which is completely crazy given the way they played in their first two games. And at the same time, like losing by well, 41, that, that's just like, it could be a dagger and a potential tie with Bomberg or even Sassari, if Sassari can ma- manage to win a couple of games. So th- this is now what looked like a comfortable situation for them. It could get a whole lot worse fast. Yeah, they they really can't afford to to lose to Sussuri uh, this week. Um, exactly. Let's we'll get to that later on. Um, did you know? I'll let you start. Uh, so we had Sasu Salin on the show, and did you know that Sasu Salin and Jurgi Shermadini were actually teammates back in 2010, mm-hmm. so 11 years ago, in Olympia Ljubljana in Slovenia. Yeah, uh, we talk about uh, uh, him and uh, Shermandini. He was actually teammates at Unicaja as well. So, um, yes, a little uh, a little insight into Shermandini as well. So uh, that's a little yes. spoiler for the show. Okay, so did you know that Thad McFadden, Alex Renfro, Kareem Queeley, Alberto uh, Alonso, and Jordan Sacco all all registered their season high in minutes? <laughs> that, that, that's why I said coach of the year material over there with Peñaroya <laughs> you have to make something out of nothing and I was hoping that uh, Angel Infante would also have been included just to be able to say that I guess I did but but he actually played more minutes in his previous game so ah, okay um, oh, man. Su- surprise of the week I'm Bamberg uh, I I um, yeah I'm just gonna say Bamberg <laughs> <laughs> um, the surprise of the week is Holon winning at Karsiaka not because I don't think Holon are a good team but because nobody wins away at Karsiaka that easily and just the fact that they managed to win this game speaks volumes about their level this season and they could be they could be a really really tough team um, in the final eight, uh, if they make it in the Israeli league, they could be what we're used to seeing by their namesake from Jerusalem. Yeah, uh, you you mentioned that actually, uh, whatever it was, a few weeks ago, a few months ago, yeah. whatever that, that maybe that's the the new halon to watch in Israel. Exactly. Um, uh, one thing I forgot about the Burgos is also this was their first game since March 9th as they had a, a couple of outbreaks and uh, COVID and 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 everything else, so that much more. Um, all right, prediction I'd like to have back. <laughs> I have plenty of them, but. <laughs> Yeah, man. Every single one of them. <laughs> um, I guess, like, I think that early in the season, I, I said that Dijon are probably going to be at the final eight. <laughs> mm. Well, that didn't work out. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go a little more recent. I'm going to say Fabriga, um not making it to the final eight because of point differential <laughs> is what I actually said. <laughs> So that was, that, okay. Okay. That, Technically, it's not it's not 
falls. <laughs> yeah. But come on. I had them, I had them uh, losing. I think it was actually the Tenerife on point differential for second place. Oh, yeah. Close. Oh well. All right. So uh, let's get to the aforementioned uh, Sasu Salen. Uh, here's here's a chat with him. Um, uh, also talking about some uh, some uh, Euro basket uh, at home in front of the fans in Finland. So uh, enjoy that. We'll catch you on the other side. All right. So on the show this week we have Sasu Salen from Lenovo Tenerife. Sasu, thanks a lot for uh, coming on. Of course, my pleasure. Um, you guys knocked off uh, Igokea in game day four. Um, they stayed with you guys for a while and and actually kind of took a took a uh, third fourth quarter punch, and we're still hanging around four points well, with under three minutes left. Maybe your your thoughts about the the, the tough victory to get to two and one uh, in that group. Well, of course, Igokea has a good team and uh, they've been competing whole whole year. They've been a little bit there like underdog going going from the beginning and they they did very very good job and of course we didn't have any 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 easy time against them and you know uh maybe it helped a little bit that we played at home and we got the we got the win but you know they, they've been playing very good so it wasn't easy you guys lost to burgos on the road um and then beat uh fev riga at home in the other two games in the playoffs maybe just how do you feel about your spot in the playoffs uh right now well, of course, we played very bad game against Burgos, and yeah, we tried to we tried to improve from that. And still, we have one game against them left here in Tenerife, and we tried to take the advantage, the point difference at least. Here is to be first in the group. Uh, we will see. We will see. It's not going to be easy, but you know that's our main goal. Uh, I think Lenovo Tenerife has always wanted to be the team leading groups and uh, trying to really win win the championship. Champions League, so you know that's our only plan, and we're trying to do that. Yeah, let's let's uh, cruise through the regular season really quick. You guys went four and two, uh, had the had the tough uh, twenty point loss at Sasari, and then came back and beat them at home by thirty, um, and then uh, also had the loss to to Bucking Bears. Uh, maybe just in general, the biggest lesson you 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 guys took from the regular season. I would say it was the Sassari game. You know, when we went to play against Bakken, uh, everything was already kind of decided. And, you know, we we had a couple of guys injured and we went there, not with the full roster. But against Sassari, when we played, we had really, really bad game there. And uh, that was probably the most difficult loss to what we had. I don't know, maybe in the Champions League history for Tenerife. So, uh Really had to improve from that, and of course, it made it a little bit better when we won them uh, at our place more than twenty-five or whatever it was. Um, you've been around basketball a lot, and and also been a part of the rise of Finnish basketball. And we'll talk about that later. Um, and and I'm sure you heard about Denmark beating Lithuania and then almost beating them again um, in the uh, to almost even get to the Euro baskets. Um, and then in the, in the BCL, you guys saw what Bakken Bears is is able to do, even if you guys didn't have a full roster. I mean, they they also beat uh, uh, Galatasaray and, and Sasari. Maybe just your thoughts about um, you know Bakken Bears and Danish basketball. Um, you know, also having played against uh, obviously one of their best guys, if uh, Lundberg, uh, uh, for a couple of years in Spain as well. Yeah, you know, it's it's been great to see the improvement what they what they've been doing, and also Bakken Bears. You know. Uh, I think last two, three years, what I've, I've been following, they've been doing a good job. And of course, they had very good foreigners this year and uh, they, they really played 
they really played well and uh, was was not easy uh, to play against them. And of course, uh, nothing nothing to take away from them. Of course, when we went there and they really kicked our ass. So uh, all the all the credits. And you know, of course, Denmark as a country also representing very very well. And if uh, if has been doing a great job, and now he's in Jessica, you know the the improvement what he's been doing also individually has been very good for I think also for the Danish basketball. So. Uh, Maybe maybe more little kids are are more enthusiastic and want to want to start playing basketball and be like if one day. Last question for the for the regular season. Um, you you went eight of eleven on three pointers uh, against Galatasaray, and I was looking around and I think I saw you hit nine against um, LRNMKY on March fourteenth, yeah. two thousand nine, where you had nine of twelve for thirty five points. Um, so is that, is that right? Was that the last time you, uh, even hit eight? What was it? Well, you know, that must've been, a you must've been feeling it. Yeah, that could be. I remember I was, that was my first or second year in Finland when I, when I hit the nine, nine three pointers, but outside of Finland, yeah, that was probably my highest. What I've I saw a couple sevens. So. <laughs> yeah, it could be a couple sevens too, but eight, I, I don't think I've made that much or that many. So, do you feel in in, in warm ups that you know this is going to be a good one or not, or or is there any difference at all? I mean, and is it is basically just muscle memory taking over in games? Muscle memory, I would say, but of course you you have sometimes you have feelings. Oh, it's not going to go well, and you might hit seven, and then you you might think, oh, I'm making everything in the warm ups, and everything. you know it's going to be nice, but then you miss everything in the game. So uh, I wouldn't say it's it's like connected to that what you're feeling before just you know being ready and i think when you take the good shots what are what are coming to you you know then then it's time to also make yeah um one of the things i'd like to do is when we have you know let's say big dunkers ask what maybe if they have role models as far as dunking goes i'm not gonna ask you that necessarily but do you have role models as far as three-point shooters or shooters go in general i mean obviously you know steph is doing amazing things but um you know, any any sort of role models as far as the shooting goes? Well, when I was little, I I didn't follow that much basketball. I uh, I've said that my idol used to be Petr Koponen because we played in the in the same youth youth team in Finland. So that that would be one. But when I started to follow a little bit NBA, when it was easier from all the highlights, you know, we had four G, five G internet connections that time. So. Yeah. Uh, First time when we get the computers, I, I watch some highlights. And of course, I, I like to watch uh, Ray Allen and Kyle Korver. Those those guys were two, like from NBA, who I, I followed. Uh, you were born in 1991 in Helsinki. And, and, you know, when you were growing up, Finland Finland was not really a spot on the basketball map, uh, if you will, that it is, that it's become. Maybe yeah. how did basketball find you? And maybe what was it like for you growing up? Yeah, Finland is known for their ice hockey, and you know it's it's pretty much if you compare it to Canada, I think it would be the same. But my my dad used to play in in school, and then a little bit not not that professional level, but he he played. And where I where I lived, uh, we had a basketball basketball actually basketball gym next to our house where it was three courts, and that's not so usual in Finland. Uh, you know, usually you have ice hockey ice hockey rings and arenas, but Basketball, basketball arenas are pretty rare, but I was lucky in in that way, and 
ever since I started at the, and at the age of seven, uh, you know, it took me. Uh, I really loved the game from the beginning and, you know, still going on. So very happy about that. So so you said you were seven. Um, you you must have been about nine years old or so when Hanno Mottola um, started in the NBA, played three years, uh, no, two years, two years with, uh, with Atlanta. Um, you know, in the NBA, a Finnish guy, also from Helsinki. How much of a deal, even if he was a big or not, but, you know, how much of a deal was that for you and, and maybe your fr- uh, basketball friends back in Finland then? Well, maybe it tells something because I didn't even, like, at that age, I don't have any that big uh, memories about it. Uh-huh. But, of course, when a couple more years after, I used to go to Hanno's camp also. I got some some water bottle with his uh, autograph and everything. So uh, that was that was pretty great. So, you know, uh, ever since I started to understand a little bit more things, it was great. And of course, when somebody from Finland, and even if you think now, we only had two guys who really played there, uh, Mettele and Markkanen. So, you know, it was pretty big, big pretty big thing. Um, from um, Hanko Espo Playboys, which probably, by the way, is one of the best names in European basketball, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> you you went to Union Olympia uh, Ljubljana in Slovenia in 2010, and, and your first jump right there was to playing in the Euroleague. Um, you know, you were 19 years old, uh, if I'm not mistaken. You're, you know, what do you what do you think about that jump? Well, of course, it was pretty pretty weird that you know being being 19 year old kid always dreamed about going outside of Finland to play basketball as a professional uh, and you go to the club like Olympia at that time and of course even in this time but that time it was even more even more great I would say and uh, going there after Temuranik who used to play there a couple good very good years uh, playing Euroleague it was it was amazing. Uh, never, never dreamed about that. And uh, of course, it wasn't easy for me in the beginning. But uh, I really, I really enjoyed the time I, I had there, and uh, I never regret any any anything that I went there. Uh, two more years of Euroleague, into including the the twelve thirteen season, where you mentioned you were playing with uh, Temu uh, Ranokoko. Um, you know, he's eleven years older than you. Probably in in certain regards a, a role model for you. What was it like playing uh, with him, learning from him? You know, two fins hanging out in Lupliana. Yeah, definitely a role model, and you know, because of him, I also went there, and uh, he's always helped me uh, through my career. And the chance what we got to play together there was was great for me also. But I think he also enjoyed it. It's it's pretty rare that you have two fins in a, in the same team. Oh. At, at the moment, I also have Soleimanovic, who is like half half win, but you know we can we can talk everything in Finnish. And actually, he played with me and Demo also in Ljubljana, so that was that was pretty great. Uh, extended with uh, Olympia, uh, Olympia, and then left in the fourteen fifteen season. Went to Gran Canaria, um, you know, obviously coached by uh, Aito. Um, uh, you guys lost to Kimki in the Euro Cup finals. Which you know you weren't able to play, I guess, uneligible. What did what did you take from that experience of watching the the the, the team then lose the finals? Well, it was tough. it was tough, and especially when you played against Koponen, who was there talking trash. So <laughs> it was it was tough, but no, no, and you know just to be part of that amazing team we had we had great players and you know guys went to the Euro Cup final I think it helped a lot which kind of team we had 
and you know just trying to watch what what these super players were doing and you know next next year i, I started to play euro cup with the team again but uh, it, w- it was a great opportunity, even though I, I wasn't able to play in the finals. Yeah, you mentioned it. Uh, you guys reached the, the semifinals, lost to Galatasaray by just one point. Mm. I, I'm sure that's must have been frustrating. Um, uh, and then on the other hand, you you know you're also playing for a guy like Aito. Um, you know, we we've seen what he's been able to do over the years. Um, what do you what do you think? Looking back, makes him such a great coach. Well, he gives you freedom to play and use your own abilities on the at the court. And you know, he's uh, very calm. Uh, and I, I think, yeah, just what what I said in the beginning, like he lets you play. I think that's the most important thing because uh, if the coach takes some of your abilities away, I think it's it's tough for some some players. Of course, you have role players and everything, but with with Aito, I think all the players get their maximum out of themselves. And then uh, Onikaha for two seasons, and then in, in 1920, uh, for 1920, you came back to the Canary Islands and 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 went to play for Tenerife. Uh, maybe what made you move to um, to Ibostar back then, Tenerife? Well, the, I I thought from the beginning when we started to make contact, they they really wanted me, and I I felt very comfortable uh, when I talked with the coach, and uh, and the opportunity felt felt very good at that moment and you know uh, almost two great years now here and I, I think really in this moment that we've been doing a great job and I don't have any regrets that I came here uh, I've been very happy and satisfied uh, that's that season you guys uh, obviously that was um, uh, cut cut um, obviously there was the corona break uh, mm-hmm. you guys reached the final eight and then lost to Saragossa maybe just you know how frustrating that loss was, uh, knowing that your goal was to to win the title, and and also knowing that you had you had beaten them uh, in the league just really a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, of course it was disappointing. Uh, they they played good, so nothing to take away from them. But uh, yeah, like I said already earlier in this podcast, that we our plan is always to try to win the league, try to be the first in the in the group stage, and you know be the best team. And of course, it was tough. But this year, again, we have a new chance, and we we try to we try to take the take the medal or the gold gold uh, away from Burgos. Yeah, um, one of the things we like to do on this podcast is have fans of the BCL uh, ask questions. This one's from K dot Coronides zero five. How do you build up confidence? Oh, well. I think it's a long process, you know, you hang out with the team. I don't know if it's individually or team, but uh, uh, as a team, you build it by practicing, doing things in practice and uh, work work on certain things. And individually, you know, you put the extra work also after after everything. And, you know, I think everything starts with the practice. When you, are, when you feel that you're prepared for everything, uh, uh, it's much easier to go to these, these spots where you, where you really have to show and uh, start to really compete. Sergio Rodri Pra asks your favorite European and NBA players. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I would say Sergio Yule was my one of my favorites for a long time. Luka Doncic, uh, obviously now when when I'm watching him in NBA, uh, always always watched Kobe, LeBron. Yeah, 
some of these players. And of course, shooters, what I said already earlier, uh, Corver, Ray Allen, and JT Carroll, obviously, in, in Europe. Yeah, Carroll's a marksman for sure. Yeah. Uh, Wilma, Wilma Vinyl Pa, hopefully that's right. Uh, apart from family and friends, what do you miss about, uh, what do you miss from, uh, from, from Finland and then in their food, etc.? Yeah, I definitely miss the food. Uh, rye bread is one one what you don't or certain kind of rye bread what you don't get here. Here, but you know, at the moment most most things you can even get in the Canary Islands. I don't know because I've, I've chosen my my place to play like where it's a lot of Finnish tourists, so they they, they have some kind of like Finnish bars or Finnish little stores here. So it it makes my my living here also easier. Yeah. Um, let's stick to Finland. Um, most underrated thing about Finland? I would say basketball, <laughs> even though it's been growing. Uh, it just, uh, I think we have very good, many very good players. And I think just because you are Finnish, people don't still think that uh, you are not that like from the basketball culture or what you say, if you are like, if you compare it to, Ex-Yugoslavian countries, like I think, it's for them it's a little bit easier to go play around the Europe. And, but I think we've been doing a good job, and we try to we try to improve it every year. Um, a question about Finnish culture, and for those who don't uh, who don't know um, the Finnish culture at all, saunas are a major part mm-hmm. of the culture. Um, is there any way you can explain that? Well. <laughs> For us, it's such a normal thing. You know, we have, I don't even know how many saunas, but pretty much in every household you have, you have how, uh, you have a sauna. And if you live in a, in a, like a big block, you might have one like common sauna out downstairs at the, at the building. And, you know, it's just a normal thing. Uh, my apartment where I live, I have my own sauna. And, you know, it's, it's just a tradition. Everybody, everybody there, you know, enjoys, enjoys, using using that heat room and uh, you know it's just yeah normal have you ever had a sauna as a professional basketball player i like your own i mean uh on the road i mean we're living living away from finland no no but i always pretty much first things when i go to the country i start to find where you can go and go to sauna like Okay. Usually, you have hotels and ah. So, and but, that, but so now, you're still going to saunas though, just uh, wherever at a hotel or whatever it is. Then yes, yes, yes of course, <laughs> okay. of course. I I try to I try to find the spots, places where you can go. And now in this Corona time, it's it's been very tough because all the uh, yeah. spots and this are That's all closed. Closed, but yeah. but luckily we had a couple a couple uh, national team breaks, so I had a chance to go to real sauna in Finland. <laughs> Um, national team breaks, uh, good segue. You were on the, the Finnish basketball uh, national team that went to Eurobasket 2011. That was the first time that the country had been to Eurobasket since 1985. Um, maybe what did it mean for you to be part of that? You know, you were just 20 years old back then. Yeah, you know, I knew the history and it, 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 did, it did happen 95 last time and we were really eager to get the spot to get the spot and you know we made it we made it to Lithuania it was great uh, we even played pretty pretty good and we made it to the next stage and since then till till this point we've been we've been part of this Eurobasket so you know I think it's been a great journey but we still have a lot to do and 
uh, not just to be part of the Eurobaskets now. I think uh, it's, it would be time to start achieving achieving something something more, even like going to the top eight and try to compete for a medal. It would be great. Yeah, you guys haven't made it to a quarterfinals yet. I'll say yet. Uh, you did. You did make it to yeah, a yeah. World Cup. Uh, played in in Spain. Uh, that must have been a pretty amazing memory. Uh, uh, just moment for you know for playing for your country there, and and then that first game, you're playing against USA as well. Um, you know, I think there was just the one victory. Maybe just in general, your favorite memory memories uh, from that tournament. Yeah, definitely playing against USA, and when you lose by 55, and still people, almost 10,000, whatever there was, Finnish fans uh, were cheering. That was a pretty amazing moment. Uh, yeah, that would be one. Or oh, pretty much the only thing. Of course, we had great parties there after after the tournament, <laughs> even though we lost. Even though we lost, but yeah, basketball was I would say the basketball, the game against USA. You you mentioned the fans. Uh, obviously, Eurobasket 2017, Finland was one of the co-hosts. Um, and then opening game, you guys beat France in overtime. First game, uh, you know, more than twelve thousand fans at the Hartwell Arena. Just uh, maybe just talk about how magical that that was. Yeah, it was amazing. I, I think the first game was pretty much packed, full house. But for the next game, still uh, all the tickets weren't sold. But when we won the first game after overtime, after the thrilling, thrilling game, uh, you know, the sold the tickets were sold like at one moment, and it was it was great to play play there. And we did we did amazing job playing in front of our home fans, even though we lost the one game against Slovenia, but they they ended up winning the whole tournament. So. I think we did a pretty good job. Yeah, and you and you lost to the, you lost uh, against them in the final seconds. You went to double overtime with with uh, Poland. Uh, you had the fight with with uh, with Iceland as well. I mean, that's probably one of the most exciting, fun weeks or or you know, good weeks of uh, basketball that you've had. No, I mean, in front in front of your in front of uh, you know more than ten thousand each time. Yeah, yes, for sure, and you know, uh, winning games like Poland when. When pretty much people, some people were already leaving the the building because they saw, okay, they don't have any more chance. Okay, let's go. So, you know, it was it was magical and uh, really really happy that we were able to play play like that in front of our home fans. Let's let's come back to Tenerife and slowly start uh, coming to a close. Uh, I got to ask about one guy. You played with him for the ter- for the first time. Uh, you were 19 years old in Slovenia. Uh, two seasons with him at Unicaja, and now this is your second season uh, at Tenerife. The big Georgian. Uh, I have also played against him uh, at at uh, Eurobasket qualifiers. Uh, G- uh, Georgi Shamadini. Maybe favorite things about him on and off the court, and one thing that nobody knows about him. <laughs> Oh, I would say on the court, just, you know, when you pass the ball to him, you know, it's pretty much 90% sure that he, he makes a basket. <laughs> that's, that's pretty, that's pretty nice. And, uh, off the court, you know, he's, it's, it's great. It's also part of the, on the court, because when he's, when he's being MVP or something, we have a rule that you have to bring some food and, you know, he's bringing this traditional Hachapuri, Hachapuri to, after every MVP to our locker room. So that's, that's pretty great. It's something that people don't know about him. Uh, what would I say about Gio? Uh, what would I say about Gio? Well, people don't know, don't know uh, 
maybe because he, he just because he's that tall, almost two twenty. I think that's because you know he he sleeps all the time. He's <laughs> you know every time we go to the bus or hotel, the first thing is I'm gonna sleep like a baby. <laughs> Cool. Um, back to the BCL. You guys have two more games in the playoffs, Feferiga and then Burgos. Um, and, you know, obviously most people are thinking most likely uh, at Final Eight. Uh, but just maybe most important things uh, your team has to do to be successful. Uh, we just have to keep the level that we are able to play. Uh, a couple of times, you know, when we when we had some good winning streaks, I think we start to little bit rely on that that everything will go easy and you know we we don't have to maybe do the work what we've used to so we have to be ready every game uh ready to compete and play play on that level that we are we are capable of and last question obviously the goal would be to win the bcl for uh, a second time in club history it would be your first uh what would that mean mm -hmm. to you well already before i came here uh I knew that they won and I really wanted to win it again. So it will be personally a, a great achievement and, and, you know, looking forward, uh, for that feeling to hold the trophy. So just really, really want to win. Fantastic stuff. Uh, Sasu Salen from Lenovo Tenerife. Thanks for taking some time. Good luck over the uh, rest of the regular season and uh, stay healthy. Thank you very much. You too. All right. Yeah. Um, uh, just a a fun a fun guy to watch um and uh yeah you know the Finnish guys in general you know you, the the you, you think about um um uh Koponen and and uh Rana Koko and 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 um you know they they they've definitely carved their 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 spot in in European basketball both at the club level and at the um the national team level and you know they're you know they're going to be going to Eurobasket uh, with a uh, with a desire to do more than just you know be there. Um, you know you know reach quarterfinals, whatever. Uh, you know make some noise. You know they they have guys. You know you look at Emir um, Emir uh, Sulimanovic. Is that um, what's that his name? I can't remember exactly. Yeah, Sulimanovic. Uh, yeah, his his uh, his. His Finnish Bosnian compatriot there um, with uh, with with Tenerife and uh, you know Madsen as well Alexander Maxson with uh, yeah. with with um, with Riga as well. So I mean, there's some names there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they they were kind of the sweetheart team, and now they turned into a real force. I mean, nobody can walk into a game with Finland and think that they're gonna win easily. So basically, with Stalin behind all of that, it just feels a joy to to see him play at this level. I mean, it's probably it feels like he's peaking right now in his career because the way that Tenerife play with him able to be the catch and shoot guy and killer, this is just perfect for him. And they're in the mid they're kind of bringing in young guys as well. Uh, and I'm not just yes. talking Markinen. I mean, you also have um, Elias Valtonen who came to, to Germany uh, after uh, uh, less than, less than uh, uh, a hopeful whatever experience there at Arizona State and has been starting to really kill it here in, in Germany for second division tubing and team that's coached by uh, Danny Jansen, a, a Finnish guy here, been in Germany for a long time. And um, so... 
you know, there's, uh, you know, that, that, that next generation of, of Finnish guys, uh, are, are coming up as well. So, uh, you know, definitely yep. watch out for them. Yep. Agreed. Next week's games, uh, three days of games again. Uh, Tuesday, just run them down really quick. Tofas, uh, Kashiaka, obviously Tofas has eliminated Kashiaka two and two. Uh, Ego Kea at home. Ah, sorry. Ego Kea playing Burgos in Burgos. This game will be in Burgos, uh, one and two. Ego Kea, uh, Burgos three and oh. Ego Kea basically have to win this one in order to stay alive, uh, it would seem. Uh, Saragossa, the aforementioned Saragossa, two and one, uh, almost needing uh, to win uh, at home against Dynamo Sassari at zero oh and two. Uh, and the other game is Bamberg uh, at two and one against Nimburg at two and zero. Oh. This game will be played in Laktashi in Bosnia Herzegovina because Czechs, uh, the Czechs are not allowed to really enter Germany. So, um, what's your thoughts on the, the biggest game you'll be watching on Tuesday? Yeah, that's going to be a, the last one that you mentioned. is going to be a fun one because it's nobody has the home court advantage and Bamberg have to feel good about themselves uh, after this win. So I'm I'm going to look at, look at that one because it's at the same time it's going to be a true testament of Nimburg's ambition to finish top of the group, basically. Yeah. Uh, also with Bamberg, uh, they are starting to roll in the uh, German league. They had had some struggles uh, playing under 500 ball, but they're now playing some really good ball in Germany as well. Let's go to Wednesday really quick. Uh, Favriga 0-4 at home against um, against Tenerife at 3-1. and Turk Telecom Ankara, uh, really the must win at home against Ike 2-2. Two 3-1 and and is uh, Turk Telecom. Uh, Nizhny 4-0. and you know they can almost say they're playing spoilers now for Strasbourg, uh, the other opponents to keep them out of the the final eight. Strasbourg uh, at one and three, and then the other game, Halone at home against Brindisi. Both teams three and one. The other game was a two point victory for Halone. So as far as maybe yes. looking at who might take first place in that group uh, game, yeah, you're going to be watching. Uh, the two one, the two the two games I'm gonna be watching with the games that are basically head to head to make the final eight with Turk Telecom against Ike and playing uh, Brindisi and Holon. So basically, two games which could give us the answers we need heading into the final week. Basically, yeah, that Turk Telecom anchor will very well could uh, answer a lot of questions if I can 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 bounce back and and then uh on thursday we have the we have burgos uh uh at home at uh, the home game then against igokea um saragossa at home against nimburg um yeah and then uh, bamberg at home against sasari obviously we don't know what will have happened on tuesday in those games uh but yeah. just wondering which one you might be looking at probably I mean, really, the, well, the two the two games in in. Let's see if I can figure this out. Group L, I guess is that is the Saragossa Bomber game. <laughs> yes, yeah. the last one. Yeah. The further further scroll down, <laughs> I mean, those two games will be big ones, and then it's hard to call because we have no idea what's going to happen that same week. So it's going to be fun having three game three game days next week. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be tough for preparation for this show next week, but that's okay. That's all right. Whatever whatever needs to be done for you guys, the listeners. Um, thank you to everybody who sent in the questions. Um, if you uh, if you want to follow the 
the Basketball Champions League, the Coast to Coast podcast. Uh, if you follow us on Twitter and Instagram, basketball at basketballcl. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. There's the mobile app. You can subscribe to the podcast. All of the wonderful articles are on championsleague.basketball. Um, the email address, info at championsleague.basketball. Be like Igor and be all over Twitch. Uh, follow us there as well. <laughs> Uh, all the games are live and on demand at livebasketball.tv. Igor, um, th- like we mentioned, three days of games, uh, what you're looking forward to in general and, and uh, any final words? Uh, the craziness of this competition and the uh, impossible to call kind of scenarios that will definitely unfold <laughs> as we maybe get probably like 60% of our field for the final eight next week. Could be fun. Yeah, I think, like you said, I, we should know a pretty good bunch of uh, the teams. We won't know first or second place necessarily, but we'll know. I think we're going to probably at least get three or four, uh, at least at least three teams. I would I would say over under two and a half. I'd say uh, over under. Yeah, I'd say over under two and a half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, thank you very much for listening. Appreciate the support, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. 